feel like something bad is going to happen to me. I feel like something bad has happened. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. And it's getting closer. And I don't feel ready. I feel like I can't do anything. In the summer of 2008, an independent horror film premiered at the Sydney Film Festival in Australia titled Lake Mungo. At the time, intelligent horror films that require its audience to engage with a story were a rare commodity and something that most studios and filmmakers were completely uninterested in pursuing because of the massive box office success of soulless horror franchises like Saw and The Hills Have Eyes and the countless other torture porn horror knockoffs that plagued the 2000s. Despite being released in the dark ages of awful retreads and recycled misfires, Lake Mungo had a great run at the festival and was universally praised by critics because it was so eerily reminiscent of classic horror films. Much of this due to its unorthodox approach to the story, its flushed out distinctive characters, and its relentlessly harrowing atmosphere. In 2009, the film was distributed by the now all-but-extinct Darklight Films and had a tremendously limited run in theaters, which naturally resulted in poor financial prosperity. Lake Mungo is a documentary-style Australian horror film that follows the Palmer family after the inexplicable death of their daughter, Alice. It's one of the strongest horror films of the 2000s, and at no point does it compromise narrative integrity for poorly crafted jump scares or ridiculous over-the-top blood and gore, which was more than common for films of the genre to do at this time. There's depth and a striking level of familiarity we experience on this journey with the Palmers as they attempt to grapple with the tragic incident of losing their daughter. Throughout the film, there's an unshakable feeling of dread hanging over the family, especially as secrets Alice kept buried are uncovered and dragged into the light. Lake Mungo is haunting, unsettling, and the very definition of a forgotten masterpiece. Perhaps the greatest strength of the film lies in its ability to explore grief in a way that is hypnotic, heavy, and all too resonant for the audience. We feel and experience the same grief the family feels as the fallout of Alice's death sinks its teeth deeper and deeper into the Palmer psyche. It's an intimate tale, much of this due to the fact that the actors were not given a script to work with, only direction on how certain scenes were supposed to play out. According to the director of photography, John Brawley, writer-director Joel Anderson felt the best way to get the most authentic, raw and believable performances out of the cast was to avoid giving them scripted dialogue and instead allow them 
to improvise their scenes and answer questions off the cuff. This gives the film a somber, organic feel. So much so that if you were to see this on TV one night and had no idea what it was, you might actually be tricked into believing that this was a real documentary depicting the aftermath of a family who has just undergone a life-altering loss. Joel Anderson's Lake Mungo was so ahead of its time, and although this was his directorial debut, it has all the vibes and feels of a film helmed by a veteran filmmaker and storyteller. It's melancholy and meditative, slowly paced but deliberately so, and completely committed to its creative, humanized narrative. It's polished and tight. It refuses to embrace classic horror tropes and conventions, and instead leans into unexplored regions of the genre, which augments an impending feel of doom for the viewer. The supernatural ghost story Lake Mungo tells will make your blood run cold. It's meticulously constructed and brilliantly contrived. Take a listen to this clip from the film. I don't know, it was just like I hadn't seen her for a week or anything, like... Yeah, it didn't feel real. Death takes everything eventually. It's the meanest, dumbest machine there is and it just keeps coming and it doesn't care. There's nothing else to know about it, really. If this movie were to come out today when there's such a ravenous craving for esoteric art house horror movies, Lake Mungo would have absolutely received the attention and affection it deserved. Instead, it was seen by a small audience and lost money. Estimated to have a budget of around a million dollars, the film only made $30,000 at the box office and didn't even get a legitimate DVD release. The only way you can own a physical copy of this film is to purchase a cheaply made DVD box set called After Dark Horror Fest, which also includes several other horror films you've most likely never heard of before. Across the board, the distribution of this film was handled horrendously by Darklight Films, and is probably the biggest reason why the movie bombed like it did. Things could have played out so differently if only it had fallen into the hands of a competent studio like A24 or Bloomhouse, who are well known today in part for their remarkable ability to properly and effectively distribute films to audiences. To put it simply, Lake Mungo was unveiled in the wrong place at the wrong time by the wrong people. It's unfortunate that it ever so slightly missed the advent of sincere, meaningful horror films that came in the 2010s, and now, instead, the film quietly sits in the background of the genre, forgotten and passed over, by audiences. Now that I've given you a brief overview of the film and the context in which it was released, I want to get into the meaty, more ominous part of the story. Before we do, I just want to say that this is by far the deepest rabbit hole I have ever personally gone down or investigated. And so with that being said, let's get into the disappearance of Joel Anderson. After finishing Lake Mungo and being so blown away by how well-crafted the film is in almost every aspect, 
I immediately wanted to know if I had ever seen anything else written or directed by Joel Anderson. So I googled his name and was pretty stunned by what I found. Or maybe I should say what I didn't find. Joel Anderson never made another film after Lake Mungo. According to his IMDb page, he has three film credits to his name. Writer-director of a short film in 2002 titled The Rotting Woman, writer-director of Lake Mungo in 2008, and writer of another short film titled Gravity with Paperclip in 2013. I've searched every corner of the internet for The Rotting Woman and the Gravity with Paperclip short films, and I can't find them anywhere. If you miraculously have any information about these short films, please let me know. Strangely enough, it's almost like they don't actually exist. There's some evidence online that suggests Joel Anderson won an award in 2003 at the Australian Writers Guild for The Rotting Woman, but nothing concrete that I've been able to come across. Joel Anderson doesn't have a website or a presence on any social media platforms. I've reached out to some of the actors and producers who worked on this film, most of whom are either no longer working in the industry and didn't respond to me, or just flat out declined to comment for this story altogether. This was strange, but not as strange as the next thing I encountered. It's incredibly difficult to even find a photo of Joel Anderson anywhere online. When you Google something like Director Joel Anderson or Joel Anderson Lake Mungo, it does link a few relevant websites, and one website in particular pulls up a picture of a guy's face who might be him. But if you dig deeper into the website where the picture first originated, it's an extremely obscure, outdated movie website that looks like it was made in the early days of the internet, and it could very well just be a placeholder photo of a random person. There's absolutely zero evidence to support that the man shown in the photo is indeed the Joel Anderson who wrote and directed Lake Mungo. There are no photos linked to his IMDb page, there are no set photos, no behind-the-scene images showing the crew at work, no photos of Joel introducing the film at the Sydney Film Festival. Literally not one photograph confirming what Joel Anderson even looks like. There are a couple of written interviews I've found online from random, defunct film blogs, but no video interviews. Even though the film tanked hard upon release, it really has developed a dedicated cult following over the last several years. And this is primarily a result of big-time YouTubers in the film community bringing it to people's attention. When I realized the movie had grown significantly in popularity, I couldn't help but think, what if this guy, Joel Anderson, made the movie in the mid-2000s, watched it fail, and then stepped away from the film industry, and now today, in 2020, has no idea that his film has racked up so much attention and love from horror enthusiasts. Scouring old internet articles proved to be unhelpful, so I put out some feelers online, and I was stunned to find that no one knows this guy. Joel became a ghost. Much like the way Lake Mungo investigates the mysterious disappearance and death of Alice Palmer, it's almost poetic that the creator of the film himself disappeared. On Reddit and YouTube, I left comments asking if anyone knew anything about Joel Anderson, and these comments got a surprising amount of attention. At first, none of the answers from users were helpful or particularly noteworthy. 
except for one that was rather disturbing. On May 28th, I commented on a Lake Mungo review YouTube video created by Chris Stuckman, one of the biggest names in the YouTube film review community. Chris complimented the film in his review, and lots of users were leaving comments that had to do with their opinion on the movie. The comment I left asked if anyone knew anything about Joel or had an idea of why he vanished from the industry. I joined a few horror movie Facebook groups and made a post in each of them asking if anyone had any information about Joel, and lastly I left a similar comment on Reddit and pretty quickly got a couple of responses that didn't help all that much. The Redditors I talked with said it's safe to assume that after Lake Mungo financially sunk, Joel lost his creative drive or just never had another opportunity to make a feature film. And this makes perfect sense. If you write and direct a film, and then watch it fail when released to a larger audience. It's entirely possible that you may never get another chance to work in an industry as brutal as this one. According to a study conducted in 2018, only 36% of filmmakers worldwide between 1949 and 2018 got a chance to make a second film, which obviously means the odds are never in your favor to get another chance after your debut feature. I wasn't convinced, but I decided to accept this explanation after all of the other information dead ends I hit online. My investigation had come to a standstill, and it was time to move on, because the internet just wasn't delivering any results. A week went by, and a YouTube notification popped up on my phone. Someone had responded to the comment I left on the Lake Mungo YouTube video. The comment read, quote, Joel Anderson was reported missing in 2010 and no one has seen him since. I hope he's okay." Unquote. And that's it. No other information, no links to any articles, no further explanation, nothing. I responded to the comment and asked if the person could provide any evidence that Joel was in fact reported missing 10 years ago, and as of the time of this recording, they have not responded to my request. Still, this comment sent me spiraling down an endless internet search of missing persons cases in Australia, but I couldn't find anything linked to Joel Anderson or a filmmaker in Australia going missing in 2010. There's no evidence on the internet, and I feel confident in saying that the person who claimed he went missing is mistaken or trying to mess with me. Either way, it's an odd thing to do. IMDB, the internet movie database, the best and most popular online source for movie content, offers a paid service called IMDB Pro. It's primarily meant to be a helpful resource for actors and filmmakers looking to stay as connected and engaged as possible in the industry. If you sign up for the service, you gain access to contact information for actors and filmmakers agents or representative teams. I was hoping I could find a phone number or an email address to contact Joel, so I signed up for a free trial thinking it would yield a promising lead. 
And the only contact information listed on Joel Anderson's page was a phone number for a law firm based in Los Angeles called HJTH. I did some research on the firm, and they're one of the most highly acclaimed law firms in Los Angeles, and also represent a slew of Hollywood movie stars like Robert Downey Jr., Brad Pitt, and countless other big-name talents. I do find it a bit odd that a guy who only made one indie film before vanishing entirely from the industry a decade ago is still a client of the same attorneys who represent modern-day movie stars, but that's another mystery for another time. IMDb Pro ended up providing no new information, yet another dead end in my search. A couple weeks from the time I put out my initial questions on social media, I was contacted by a woman named Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson was and still is the only real lead I have in this case. According to her Facebook page, she's middle-aged and currently residing in Melbourne, Australia. Casey's message said, quote, Joel Anderson is now a teacher of the arts in Melbourne. He isn't doing movies anymore, unquote. What do you know? After hours and hours of digging, I finally had something substantial. Casey didn't specify where Joel Anderson taught or what specifically he taught. All she said was that he was a teacher of the arts in Melbourne. I asked her for more information, if she knew which school in Melbourne he taught at, and she was very quick to respond. Casey said, quote, He's actually recently moved to the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London, unquote. At the end of this message, she included a link to an article that was published online by BroadwayWorld.com. The headline of the article read, Royal Central School of Speech and Drama's Joel Anderson on what dramaturgy is and how it is taught. Next to this headline, there was an image of a man I had never seen before probably in his mid to late 30s, with short black hair and very pale skin. I immediately had this feeling deep in my bones that this was the right guy. The article opens with this line, Dr. Joel Anderson is an author, reviewer, researcher, and senior lecturer and course leader in MA Theatre Criticism and Dramaturgy at London's Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. The article goes on to note that Joel Anderson has worked on and off in the film and theatre industry and says that he started teaching drama in, wait for it, September of 2008 just a few months after the initial release of Lake Mungo. This all started to make sense. So here's our timeline. Joel Anderson writes and directs Lake Mungo in the mid-2000s. The final cut of the film premieres at the Sydney Film Festival in the summer of 2008. 
It fails when released to a wider audience later that year, and then he starts teaching drama full-time after his filmmaker dreams are shattered. That seems like a pretty logical career progression for a person to have, right? It also explains why he never made a second film. All of his creative passion and energy was being channeled into another performance art from 2008 on. That, combined with the fact that he started teaching a few months after Lake Mungo dropped, really made me think I had found him. The search was over. I took a few victory laps around my basement, thanked Casey Thompson profusely for her help, and proceeded to reach out to Dr. Joel Anderson directly. His school email address was listed in the article. I was ecstatic. I remember thinking at the time, this is great. Joel Anderson is going to respond to my email, confirm that he is indeed the Joel Anderson who made Lake Mungo, congratulate me on my search, and if I'm fortunate enough, maybe he'll even be willing to come on this very podcast and allow me to ask him questions about the film. A storybook ending to this perplexing mystery. None of this ever happened though, because this wasn't the Joel Anderson who wrote and directed Lake Mungo. After all the initial excitement, there were a few things I noticed that didn't add up. First of all, Dr. Joel Anderson from Royal Central in London had a bio on the school's website that just seemed off. For example, while this guy does teach drama and performance development, he specializes in a very specific area of theater, theater photography. He's given countless lectures, interviews, and even written articles and books on the subject. He's also given doctoral seminars and talks all around the world, and is highly revered in the world of academia for his contributions and research in the area of theater criticism and dramaturgy. And in case you weren't aware, dramaturgy is the study of dramatic composition and the representation of the main elements of drama on the stage. While this wasn't necessarily a smoking gun or definitive proof that I had the wrong guy, it instantly felt like a setback. Because how do you go from writing and directing an indie horror film and failing in the film industry to one of the most respected and acclaimed contributors in a very specific field of theater and drama? It's not impossible, but it seems unlikely. Now that I knew some of the important details behind this person that this random Casey Thompson person told me about, I reached back out to her and communicated some of my findings and point blank asked her why she thought this guy was the same person who wrote and directed Lake Mungo. And at the time of this recording, she also has not responded any further. Dead end again. A few days later came the final nail in the coffin of this investigation. I managed to uncover one other interview with Joel Anderson, buried beneath dozens of Google search pages. Like the other two interviews I had previously discovered, this also was a written interview, this time conducted by an Australian newspaper called The West Australian in August of 2009, a year after the film premiered. The opening line of the article states, quote, 
After years of frustrating setbacks and uncertain negotiations, Australian director Joel Anderson's first feature film suddenly looks set to catapult him to the big time, unquote. The article goes on to chronicle in detail some fascinating production facts I had never read anywhere else. For example, Joel Anderson was originally working on another debut picture titled The Armageddon Girl before scrapping the script and moving on to write Lake Mungo due to budget constraints. But even more interesting than that, at the end of 2009, an American remake of Lake Mungo was in the initial stages of development by the powerhouse studio Paramount. Paramount had previously remade the foreign versions of The Ring and The Grudge and wanted to do the same with Lake Mungo. Joel goes on to say in the interview that writer David Leslie Johnson, who is still active in the industry today and has written films like The Conjuring 2 and Aquaman, was hired to write the film, and the plan was for the remake not to be done in a documentary style like its foreign counterpart. Most exciting of all, Joel Anderson was set to return to the director's chair and direct the American rendition of the film, which would have made him one of only a handful of foreign directors to helm both the original and the American reimagining. Obviously, none of this ever happened, and for reasons the article doesn't explore, the deal with Paramount fell through the cracks. A Lake Mungo remake never materialized, and Joel Anderson's career came to an abrupt and mysterious end. The writer of the article mentions that Joel is a graduate of the Victoria College of the Arts in Melbourne, and this is what ultimately torched the Dr. Joel Anderson from Royal Central Theory. The Joel Anderson who teaches drama and theater in London recorded in his bio page that he attended the prestigious University of Saint-Denis in France. We can only imagine how great a remake of Lake Mungo would have been, especially if it had been in the hands of an artist as skilled and capable of molding a two-hour sequence of scenes and moments into an unforgettable chiller of a film as Joel Anderson. So what happened to Joel Anderson? Well, unfortunately, this is a story without definitive closure. While I do love the idea that Joel has been in hiding in some obscure corner of the earth, composing and methodically perfecting his second masterpiece of a film, I think it's probably more likely that he just never got another chance to make it happen and has moved on altogether. As I stated earlier, it's rare for a director to get a crack at a second film. I've been in contact with a couple of Lake Mungo producers and the director of photography, John Brawley, and they confirm that Joel is not missing or dead or anything tragic like that. John Brawley still remains in contact with Joel to this day, and he informed me that Joel just doesn't like to do interviews or discuss anything regarding Lake Mungo. His preference is to let it stand entirely on its own. In 2015, a fan of Lake Mungo tweeted at John, saying, The fact that Joel hasn't made a second film should be a crime against humanity. John responded by saying that he's also disappointed Joel never made a second film, but went on to say, quote, He's come close a few times and has a few things in development, unquote. In May of this year, 2020, an Australian filmmaker named Eddie White, who claims to be friends with Joel, said he believes Joel still has a second film in development and that he's a, quote, slow worker, haha, unquote. Yeah, no kidding, Eddie. I have no idea if Joel still has a project in development or not, but now it's been more than 10 years since Lake Mungo first premiered at the Sydney Film Festival in Australia. 
I asked Georgie Neville, one of the producers of the film, who was kind enough to respond to my inquiry, why the American retelling never transpired at Paramount. She didn't give me all of the details, but she told me that Paramount surrendered the rights to the film back to their production company when they decided not to proceed with the remake. Georgie said, quote, with luck, someone will pick it up and reinvigorate the story someday, unquote. And for now, that's where the story ends. I'm still hoping that someday Joel Anderson will give the people what they want and deliver on a cinematic sophomore attempt because his debut was gold. If you haven't seen Lake Mungo before, I highly recommend doing so, especially during this time of the year. It's a terrific, thoughtful piece of horror cinema. And finally, I would just like to say, Joel Anderson, if you ever happen to stumble across this podcast someday, please make another film.